Before I guide you into the meditation, I just want to draw your attention to a new image that I've brought into the room to my right up here. This white statue icon um, who is on one level just a piece of partly stone powder and concrete powder mixed up. Um, and she's also embodying or showing, making an image of a certain aspect of the awakened heart that we've been picking up along the, the days. And she is known in the tradition as Kuan Yin, the one who hears. She is the one who listens. And it said she, and it's you, it's not like this is something outside of you, this is an aspect of that awakeness that we've been pointing to when Suicho says, as he say, he says, come to that which is awake. Right now, that in you which is awake, that is bright, that can see color as color, that can hear sound as sound, that feels sensation as sensation and is not pulled around by it, is not spun into a vortex in that moment. You are awake. That quality of wakefulness can only be known in immediacy. It can only be known in it can only be known through being it. You can't point to wakefulness and go, look, have a look over there like you can to sensations, or sounds, or thoughts, or feelings, or colours, or trees. You can go, look, it's over there. We could say the wakefulness is that which is looking, that which is hearing, that which is feeling, that which knows, that which registers, that bright, immediate, we could say prior to the concept, prior to the object appearing in consciousness. Don't worry if that doesn't make sense. You know this, and part of our work <coughs> is waking up to this, to trust that. That's part of our refuge, the refuge in that which knows. That which knows is also that which hears. She hears the cries of the world. Intimate the cries that occur in what we call me, in my location, and the cries that we hear in the so-called outer. She hears the cries, but does not get spun around. The intimacy is breathtaking, but it's an intimacy that is rooted down to the earth and rooted upwards to the skies and outwards to the cosmos. She's not pulled around by the cries. And so in that case, she can respond and she pours her healing balsam. So we're going to practice this morning resting in that which is awake. And I'm going to give a little advice of then how to work with the stuff, how to work with the cries of the world that occur in my location.
while I sit, there's been a few notes about how do I work with this or that. So remembering to keep it simple. I'm going to give some, I'm going to elaborate something, I'm going to like open a box, I'm going to kind of look inside it. But remembering that wisdom isn't about arriving at a state where you're, you're done. Wisdom is knowing what does the chitta need in this moment? What does the heart mind need in this moment? Oh, maybe I need a little more just to the out breath, okay. I'm a little agitated, I'm all revved up, okay, plenty of out breath. Let me see if I can take that right to the silence. Wisdom is known. Oh, I'm a little sleepy right now. Okay, let's ask a question. Let's put a question in there. Brighten the mind. More attention to the in-breath. I'm a little bit all over the place. Okay, let me come to the midline. Don't quite know what that means yet, but I can sort of imagine and sense the vertical upright through the skull, and I can take my attention down. So know at the beginning of the sitting what your intention is. Know where you are. I'm a bit sleepy this morning. Actually, I'm really calm and steady and awake. I'm going to deepen with this neutral quality. See where it can go. Curious. Know where you are. Breathing out. And breathing in. We don't always know what's skillful. And that's fine. That's how we learn. I'm going to give a few examples that may be available as ways to work. Sometimes in meditation, we get fixated on a particular thought. <coughs> Has it ever happened to you? <laughs> we get fixated on a particular thought. And when we're fixated, it's as if that awake, bright knowing that has room for everything, the spaciousness, has contracted down <laughs> on a particular thought and we start to spin we start to spin and it gets more charged and it feels really important and somebody has to do something or why don't they? And and it's like we're at the edge of a river, my metaphor here, edge of a big river in Dartmoor, let's say, and we get caught at the edge like an eddy. An eddy where the water starts to spin and the leaves get caught and the twigs get caught and it gets smaller and tighter like a vortex. Okay. This is what happens. This is called dukkha. This is called samsara. This is called suffering. When we have lost touch with our awake, bright, boundless heart. We see that. Most of the time, the untrained mind does not see that. We're just in it. We're in the eddy, and we have an identity. I am this one, and the world is like this. Stage one, we come to meditation, we have some mindfulness, and we go, oh, I'm thinking, right? That's already the awakeness. That's already the wakefulness. 
that's already the bright knowing that is starting to reveal itself to us and we can start to trust that <coughs> so the second stage first stage is we believe the thought absolutely second stage is a moment of mindfulness and for a second we go oh goodness me I'm thinking and then before we know it we're back in it's like we've come into the stream we've come into the river that will take us to the ocean for a second and then we get back into the eddy <coughs> spinning turning <coughs> and then because we've been meditating sometimes what happens we think oh I shouldn't be thinking right and then we go ping to the other side of the river and create another eddy called mindfulness of breathing <laughs> okay shouldn't be thinking let me do this thing and it's like another eddy and before we know it, I had the image as almost like a pinball machine. Right? You know the thing where the ball goes ping off that, these little round things and the lights go on and the ball pings from there to the other side of the thing. Ping! Right? I shouldn't, okay, this mindfulness of breathing isn't working. What am I going to do? Uh, uh, oh God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do meta. Ping! And then we're tightening up on some other part of the machine and after a while, this is hell. This is hell. I'm like pinged around on this thing. I can't stand it. Let me get out of here. And then we're just like pinging around and we go, God, I hate meditation. I hate Buddhism. I hate Subhachar and Catherine and I hate. Okay. Whatever, however many pings. If you've never played pinball, I recommend it. But, uh, however many pings we've done. There is that moment then when we go, this is hell. This is dukkha. I don't know how to be with this. There's a certain humility that is a threshold, I think, for us to be willing, not even willing, it's like we're desperate sometimes, just to, okay, what can I come to? Where's my refuge? Where's my refuge? my refuge in awakening, I don't know what that means yet, in Dhamma, in Sanya. Ah, there is that which hears all of this. The trying hard, the hating, the tight ball of metta. That which hears, can I hear? Can I take a seat like her of the one who hears? Can I rest back and listen? And when I listen, maybe my body can breathe a little bit. And then I might start to hear deeper. I hear deeper into the water. I hear deeper into the water. And I hear the voice. Oh, he didn't smile at me when I walked past him in the corridor. Ah, the one who hears. Ah, and and I wanted him to. Ah, and then we might feel the emotion. There might be sorrow, or despair, or longing, or anger, or frustration. And we can feel it, we can hear that, we can know that, 
we can breathe with our heart. Okay, here's the here's the sorrow. And how dare he not look at me? Oh. And if we're not careful, then we'll ping off. Oh, you shouldn't want to you shouldn't want anything if you're a good Buddhist. Go and ping over there. Right? Into not wanting. Okay. And then and then it's hell again. The key, like the combination of this little soul that's arising in order to be liberated, this being that is coming into birth in order to be able to be seen, and we hear it. Here's the one who longs to be seen. And when we see him, the continuity is in the awareness. The continuity is in the wakefulness. And that self, that separate spun self, the eddy can start to relax. And it doesn't mean it disappears right away, sometimes it does. But sometimes it just softens and the eddy widens and we have more trust to come back into the stream. And the leaves open out and the twigs start to move. And we come back into the stream of Dhamma, entering the stream. And can we rest? Can we rest? Can you breathe out and develop more of a taste for the silence and the neutral and that which doesn't call so loud so that you can listen to that too? Listening to that which calls loudly and getting a taste for that which doesn't call as loud. All of them are welcome but we're widening our range. So sometimes the skill is to acknowledge and just listen. But don't listen. If you're so sticky with the thought that what you actually need in that moment is to open your eyes and go for a walk and touch the tree and bow to the ground, In a way, we can only listen when we can come out of it. One rule of thumb in Dharma practice is don't go into it unless you know you can come out of it. And if we're really sticky, skill might be go for a run, go for a jog. Take a few deep breaths and go for a fast walk. Open the eyes, commune with the rabbits. This might be skill. It's not lesser, it doesn't make you lesser in the path, it makes you skillful. And sometimes we can listen to the thought, and if we're not sticky, we can hear the combination, not analysing it, but it's like we're hearing that voice bubble out of the stream. Oh, here's the one, here's the one who longs to be respected. Here's the one that is passionate about justice, which might initially come as a, why did they and he shouldn't, and if I was doing it, oh, here's the one, you really care about justice. 
and what's true about our love for justice will remain and what can be shed is the tightness and the control and the righteousness. So sometimes skill is coming to the level of body sensation. Actually, I don't need to listen right now. I need to listen not just to the thought, but to the body. Whoa, this is really tight right now. I can come straight to listening to the sensation. I can open my eyes. I can even unclench, literally unclench my fingers. You might find you're sitting there kind of holding on. I can just literally unclench my fingers. This might be skill. I can literally open my eyes and soften the, the um, musculature around the eyebrows. I can let my eyes drop further back into the skull. I can let the buttock muscles relax. That's what I'm going to do right now. And then the thought, yeah, but this isn't going to get you in line. You've got to work a bit harder. Oh, there's the one who tries hard. Oh, I know you. Here's the one that tries so hard. Come and rest here. Come and rest here. And tell your tales to the one who hears. Other times it may be positive senses of self, but nonetheless, keep us separate in the stream. It might be that it's like, oh, notice how good I looked during that walking meditation. <laughs> Could they tell? You know, did they see the glow? Oh, okay. So not shaming her. Right there she's, oh, okay. And acknowledge the glow. <clears throat> acknowledge the, the glory. Acknowledge oh, who's the one that wants to be seen in her radiance. I see you, my love. Well, you shouldn't want to be seen because you're a Buddhist and that's about becoming. And, oh God, give me a break. Breathe out, let the hands soften. Oh yeah. Acknowledge the glow. Acknowledge the aspiration. Acknowledge the sparkle that's you. And rest back into the one who is. This is our refuge. Here we can breathe out. Here we can relax. Here we can be known, really known, thoroughly, intimately, deeply in the way that we want to be known. a moment to establish your seat and we'll practice together. Body open up in it, whatever way supports you to take your seat. Soft. Notice if you take your seat and you're already getting down to work. And see if you can soften that. Notice if you take your seat and go, oh God, 
25 minutes, I might as well give up now and see if you can come in a little closer. Luckily, you don't have to take the seat of the one who listens for the rest of the day. It's timeless. You can only take it in this moment. And that much is possible. So upright and blessed. Not because you feel blessed, I mean you might, but because you are blessed. Because your nature is noble and beautiful. And your nobility and beauty are closer to you than the pettiness and the meanness and the tightness and the desperation and the hate and the collapse and the trying too hard. All of them slightly after the event and they can be loved and welcomed home. But you are no more. Your nature is bright, awake, and this soft animal body slowly learns how to breathe in the pockets it could never breathe before. <coughs> pockets of your skull. Even your bones might be returned through loving attention into your boundless nature. And your body breathes out. And there is the knowing of this. And your body breathes in. Developing a taste for the space between the breath. <coughs> Listening. Yes, to the things that call louder. Absolutely, the birds and the coughing and the voice. But at the same time, this listening Praying, 
this timeless altar. of living presence. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.